No, can, can you say something? Oh yeah, uh, talking one two three. I'm I'm drinking. I'm sitting here drinking a cup of tea, uh, chamomile. I've been sick for the past week, and I'm still. My voice still sounds kind of kind of cracky. Okay. Okay. I think I'm all set. Okay. This is a special episode of The Truth. I'm Jonathan Mitchell, and it is Radiotopia fundraiser time, which means we're doing an episode that's all about the behind the scenes of the show. And later on, we're going to listen to some outtakes from the show and play a little game. But first, I want to introduce you to our incredible associate producer, Kara Ehlenfeldt. Hello. And uh, you started working with us over the summer, right? Yeah, I started the summer as an intern when I was finishing up my master's from Sound Arts and Industries at Northwestern University. and then What was that program like at Northwestern? Yeah, the program is a one-year master's that's this multidisciplinary approach to sound. So it sort of combines podcasting, film sound, VR, music, sound art, and kind of anything sound-related you can think of. And specifically, I focused a lot on podcasting and audio dramas while I was there. Okay, so you're a student or Northwestern, and you decide you want to be an intern for the truth. Why'd you choose our show? Um, I was specifically really drawn to people in audio fiction who were thinking about sound and story simultaneously and really conceptualizing them at the same time. And looking at, you know, different shows I could work with, and even just different people who are able to do this as a career, because it's pretty rare nowadays. Um, the truth was definitely at the top of my list. And you've been our associate producer since September? Yeah, since September. And so what does that look like? What is What do you do? I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, I get to be at the writers' meetings and sort of see the story take shape um, as the writers come in and write their scripts and bring in new drafts each week. Um, I'm there for the recording sessions. You know, I'm the makeshift boom operator when we have a particularly dynamic scene. And and by dynamic, you mean the actors are moving around in space. Yeah, the actors are moving around, you know, standing up, sitting down, walking, sometimes walking across the room. Um, after we've recorded everything, I take the raw audio and cut it up into takes. So I take, for example, we'll do, what would you say, probably between like eight and 15 <laughs> takes of something. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's like between five and 10 usually. But I'll yeah, I'll take all the takes and I'll chop them up line by line. Um, and then I'll line them up one after the other. So we have, you know, take one, take two, take three, take four of the same line all in a row. And then, so that when you go to sound design it, you can pick out the one you like best and so you mentioned one part of your job is going through all the material and cutting out the parts we don't want, but you've collected a bunch of outtakes that you'd like to play for us. And so I've come up with a little game called, why would anyone want to hear this? And so we're going to play a bunch of those in between moments that we cut out. And you, Kara, need to tell me, why would anyone want to hear this? Got it? I mean... I think you could call it, why wouldn't anyone want to hear this? Because it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> okay. well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to the first one. Um, this is from our story, Poofed. It was written by Rachel Winetsky. And in the story, there's a scene in a diner where we overhear a group of like bro-y guys being obnoxious. And we let this group of actors do different things every take. And so this is one of the takes that they gave us. 
I get knocked down, but I get up again. Nothing ever gonna bring me down. I get knocked down, and I get up again. Nothing ever gonna bring me down. Oh my god, I totally forgot that song ever existed. That song is awesome. It is yeah. like the best song. I yeah. relate to it so hard because I've struggled so much in my life, you know? Dude, yeah, and I like the part where she says pissing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kara, why would anyone want to hear this? Yeah, I've probably heard that clip more times than any person should, and I still laugh a little bit each time I hear yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and my, my favorite part is when is that Jimmy O'Connell, one of the actors, Jimmy O'Connell, says, uh, I can relate to that song because my life is so hard, yeah. which uh, seems on point, you know? Um, I think with that song, too, it's just as soon as you hear them singing that song, you can kind of immediately picture who these people are. It's well, it's like um, when people are sometimes, I know when people write characters, they make playlists for the characters. <laughs> it's like they made an mm-hmm. in-scene playlist for who these guys in the diner are. And it's just a very evocative character choice, I think. Okay, so moving on, our next outtake is from Under the Influence by Sam Reese. And at the beginning of the story, we have a sequence that's a fake reality show that's modeled after The Bachelor that we call Marriage Hunters. And there's a little bit that I cut out because it was running too long. It's when the bachelor comes to choose who can stay and who can go uh, on the real life version, the TV show that we've all seen, you know, the bachelor always hands out roses. But for our story, the writer Sam Reese came up with something different. Ladies, I'm sorry. If you did not receive a dagger, take a moment and say your goodbyes. get his attention, but I guess, you know, it just wasn't enough. (laughs) My parents are going to be really proud of me. Now, Erica is amazing in that sequence, but what I really love about it is that detail of the dagger. I think for me, what I find the funniest about that is that it's, it's one of those details that feels incredibly absurd, but then the more I think about it, I realize... If I turned on my TV and saw this right now, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a nice little bit of world building that um, I'm really sad got cut from the story. My one complaint is that um, if you get a dagger, you stay. If you don't get a dagger, you leave. And I think it should be if you get a dagger, you have to go because he puts the dagger through your heart. Or the dagger could be for hunting marriage, in which case mm. you would need as many daggers as yes. you could get. Yes, that's very true. It's called Marriage Hunters, after all. <laughs> okay, so next on our list is an outtake from The Other Fran. It was written by David Gardner. And in this clip, Caroline Cotter plays a character who has had a lot to drink. And she's telling a story about the 90s and imitating the sound of a dial-up modem. Remember that? Dial-up sucked. Anyway, that was insane. I don't know what happened there. 
Mommy! Remember that? Dial up sucked. Anyway. I love the mommy she throws in there. Um, Kara, you're much younger than me, but are you old enough to um, remember having dial up? I mean, am I supposed to say how old I am? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm a millennial, so. Um, uh-huh. Like, and my family is tends to be a little slow to adopt new technology. Um, uh-huh. When I when I was growing up, we had this long cable that we would snake through an entire room from our computer to our kitchen to plug into the little phone port. Um, so, and then our cat chewed through it. <laughs> it's funny that we ever really had those in our homes like that because they make such a horrendous sound. So, I think dial up too is such a it's such an interesting sound in that it's sort of like a, um, you know, what they call like sound marks, like sounds that are like landmarks. Um, you know, we like we'll associate cowbells with the countryside or um, sure. particular bird sounds yeah. with different areas. D- Dial-up is sort of yeah. like the sound mark of a time period, the '90s. That is that's that is very true. Like nothing, it could only exist in the '90s. It existed in the '80s a little bit too, but it wasn't as widespread. It wasn't as like every household had it. Yeah. The next clip in our collection is from a story called Self-Made Man by Luke Burns. And in that story, you hear a montage of pitches for internet startups. Luke had written four or five of them, but I asked the actors to try improvising some more. Uh, so check this. It's grinder, but for Lutherans. It's like handy, but instead of cleaning your house, they just hold you. It's like shoes, but they carry you. Uh, it's like class pass, but they don't fire me. Okay, so uh, my idea is city bike, but for flip-flops. It's like Uber, but for helicopters, but for kids. Uh, so it's like Shazam, but the superhero? It's Uber Eats, but for people who are on diets. They'll come to your house and slap you. It's Lyft, but for when you need something in your apartment, like lifted, like a fridge or something. They come to your apartment and they lift it for you. Lift. <laughs> so those are actually really funny. I think there's just, there's so many amazing, creative, goofy ideas they came up with that we couldn't possibly use. And, you know, it's, it would be kind of a shame if no one else got to hear them, you know? Okay, so Kara, are there any in there that you would actually use? You know, I, I that's hard for me to come up with one I would actually use, but I do know which ones I definitely wouldn't use. Which one wouldn't you use? City bike for flip-flops. <laughs> yes. No, I would never. Yes, that's disgusting. It's kind of like bowling shoes, but even it's like bowling more shoes without disgusting. socks. Yeah, yeah. So the next outtake on our list is from our story, Possessive, and in that story, there's a character named Lilia who's played by Rebecca Robles, and she's living inside the heads of the other characters, and they all together talk in unison. And I didn't want just the words in unison; I wanted the performance to be in unison, and so I took everything that Rebecca Robles recorded, and I chopped it up into little phrases. And one by one, I went through and played a loop of each phrase into the other actor's headphones. And the actor needed to learn how to say it back in perfect sync with the recording. So that's how we did that. It took a lot of time, it was very tedious. And so what you're gonna hear in this clip is the loop that the actors were hearing in their headphones. And then you'll start to hear them trying to get it right. And then on the very last take, It's the one that they actually get it right. And we will all be together forever. And we will all be together forever. 
and, and we will all be together forever. 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 Wow, that's so satisfying <laughs> when they finally get it right. Yeah, definitely. So you actually went through and found all of the takes we ended up using. So from a lot of takes, how many were there in total? There were definitely over a thousand. <laughs> and that's across like 30 lines of dialogue. And it, sometimes it just depends on the line, like the one where she laughs and everyone was trying to match her laugh. Um, that one took way more takes because that's, you know, it's much easier to, I think, imitate language, something that's organized, but... When you're trying to imitate something like laughter, you kind of have to suddenly think about it very scientifically in a way that's yeah, um, really it's different. different. But did it, did it make you go crazy? <laughs> I mean, it bit. sounds like you're, you're listening to the same thing over and over and over again. And it's very tedious. What, how, how was doing that for you? Yeah, I mean, um, in mixing, I remember when I was in school, um, when we were talking about mixing audio. We had a professor sit down and was like, okay, listen. Your fatigue is very real and like you need to make sure you take breaks or else you will, you know, not make good editing decisions. And that That's true. That type of work definitely reminded me of why he told us to take breaks, because you're just listening to things over and over and over. You kind of almost get lulled into a trance if you do it um right. for hours on end. And like honestly, if you played a line for me, it would feel instantly recognizable. But then, if you asked me what words were in it, I don't think I could tell you what it actually said anymore. Right, right. I mean, you spent so much time on this, and this what this makes me think of is, um, and what, what listening to all these clips makes me think of is just how many people and how much time goes into every story. You know, we have the writing of it, and we have the acting of it, and then all of the work that you and I do in post production, and we've been doing this for almost eight years. And what makes me proudest in all of that is that we're able to pay everyone. Yeah. I think one of the things that I find really special about the truth is that, you know, in our society, in our economy, creative labor often isn't valued. And, um, you know, doing what we do with the truth and paying people, you know, we're paying people to do that kind of creative work. And that's something that I think is really special and definitely Definitely something that shouldn't be taken for granted. I mean, I wish it were more common, but I think it's great that we were able to do this and it's been going on for so long. Yeah, we've been going on for eight years. And right now we're in the middle of our yearly Radiotopia fundraiser. Radiotopia is our network. They help us make this show possible. They help us sell ads and they help us raise money through donations. And uh, the ads only cover so much. They don't cover all of our expenses. And Kara's salary is entirely paid through donations to Radiotopia. And I love being on Radiotopia because it's a collection of fiercely independent podcasts. They do business differently. Radiotopia shows are completely independent. The producers own their own shows and we have full creative control over what we do. And as you heard, our podcast is carefully crafted and we use a lot of sound. We spend a long time on the writing. We work with incredible actors and try to make the best story for you that we can. So help keep our show coming to you by going to radiotopia.fm. Every donation matters on the way to our goal of 35,000 supporters. Go to radiotopia.fm to donate. And thank you so very much for being there and for listening to our show. I'm Kara Allenfeld. And I'm Jonathan Mitchell. And you have been hearing. 
the truth 